Welcome to another episode of Financial Wellness Decoded, the official podcast of the Financial Planning Association of New Jersey. I'm your host, Lawrence Eichen. In this episode, I interviewed Lisa Crosta, Director at BPP Wealth Solutions. For those of you keeping score at home, BPP stands for Build, Protect, and Preserve. Lisa is a certified financial planner, and she is also a certified public accountant. She earned her BS from the University of Vermont and an MBA from Rutgers University. Lisa spent her early career at Ernst & Young, and then after raising three children, she returned to the financial industry. Prior to joining BPP, Lisa led the financial planning departments at both Hennion & Walsh and Mass Mutual Tri-State. The topic of the interview today was annuities, and Lisa really showed her expertise in this area. Annuities can be tricky to understand, but Lisa did a great job in discussing several of the key issues when considering these products for clients. With that being said, we hope you enjoy the interview. Lisa, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. Welcome to Financial Wellness Decoded. It's a real pleasure to have you on today. Thanks for having me. All right. Great. Uh, One big question right off the top. Are you ready to decode? Yes, I am. All right, great. So the first question I wanted to uh, ask you is, you know, why did you focus on annuities as part of your financial practice? So we have found that annuities serve a purpose in a financial plan. They're they're proverbial, you know, tool in the toolbox, and they have a purpose, um, especially with today's low interest rate environment. Um, We're using them a little bit more than we used to. Um, as a way to provide guarantees. That's the main reason we're using them. Okay. And so so that everybody's really on the same page, I, I know annuities are a, you know, complex financial instrument, you know, when you really get into the details of them, if you ever read a prospectus, but just so the listeners kind of can all be on the same page, can you give us a brief, you know, Reader's Digest version, perhaps of what annuities are? Sure. So, there's four different types of annuities. I'm not going to go into all of them because I'll talk about the ones that we focus on in financial planning. But just so viewers understand, there are fixed annuities, which are products where you put money in and you get a fixed interest rate. There's variable annuities, which have an underlying investment component that, that determines how they perform. There's index annuities, which are tied to an index, and that determines how they perform. Those are all deferred annuities. So the money goes in now and it grows tax deferred, which is one of the great benefits of an annuity. There's another kind of annuity, an immediate annuity, where you turn over your asset for an income stream for a certain period of time. And that's really a whole different animal. We're not really going to talk about those much at all. We primarily used uh, the deferred annuities and we use them primarily with guarantees in them um, to to get guaranteed income for clients in retirement. Okay. So are they an investment product or are they a life insurance product? So they're both. So they're regulated, they're sold by insurance companies. Um, variable annuities also require the person who sells them to be security licensed. So they're regulated by both the insurance people and the securities and FINRA. The indexed annuities are strictly insurance products. They are, you don't need a securities license to sell them. So they're really all insurance products. Variable annuities also have the securities component to them. Um, So they do both, (laughs) but they're regulated a little differently. Okay. And what would be some of the major reasons why you might recommend to an investor to invest in an annuity? So the main reason we use annuities these days is to provide some guaranteed income in retirement. We have less and less clients that have pensions. 
um, less and less clients relying or, or hoping that their social security is going to be what they want it to be. So we're trying to create some fixed income in retirement. And in a perfect world, if you can get that foundation of your house in your retirement world to, to cover um, some fixed income, excuse me, to cover your fixed expenses in retirement gives you a little bit of security. And so again, with less and less clients with some pensions, we we're creating a fixed income stream with annuities. You don't have to use them this way. You can buy an annuity without an income rider and an income guarantee, but that's not how we generally use them. We generally use them for that guarantee of income. There's a second reason we may also use them is for death benefits. You can get some bells and whistles on certain annuities to pay death benefits that may have certain, uh, meet certain needs for estate planning reasons or other reasons for inheritance where you might put a death benefit on it that meets a need that you can't get through insurance, through traditional insurance. Okay. Those are the so, two big reasons. All right. So now if I'm an investor and I'm thinking, okay, annuity, uh, it's got a variable annuity, it's investing in the market is what I heard you say. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So what's going to pop into my head might be, okay, well, how does this differ than a mutual fund? Why shouldn't I just invest in a mutual fund? And maybe if my mutual fund grows over time, then I just slowly withdraw money from my mutual fund account. You know, what, what, what's the kind of the big difference between mutual funds and a variable annuity if they're both invested in the market? Right. So it goes back to your question. It's an insurance product. So annuities have an insurance expense in them because they have guarantees. And so the majority of them will have a guarantee that the premium you put in will be at least what you get out. So it's a floor. Um, and a lot of the annuities, almost all the ones, well, I could say all the ones that we sell, uh, they have an ability to step that floor up, that minimum number if the market appreciates. Some of them step up quarterly, some of them annually. We even have one product that steps up any day Every day, it could step up 365 days of the year if the market literally went up every single day. So those values on these step-ups are like new high watermarks. So you have a floor, you have a guarantee, it'll never go below that, the cash value in that. So like we had clients that you know bought right before 2008 and their markets, their individual investments in mutual funds and stocks went down, but the value of their annuity stayed up because of the guarantee that's in it. So you pay for that, that's benefit, but that's how they different than, a, than just a pure mutual fund that can just go up and down. Okay. So let me understand this. Uh, yeah. if I put in a certain amount of premium, it sounded to me, your answer sounded like, Hey, you know, there's really no risk here because I'm guaranteed to get back at least what I put in, in terms of my premium, uh, unless I misheard you, but is that an accurate statement that I'm going to, if I have a certain option on that annuity, I'm going, I'm going to get back what I put in premium wise over the course of the life of that annuity that I have? Is that a fair statement? So that's probably not a fair statement because there's a lot of caveats to it. So most annuities, you will guarantee to get your cash value will equal either what you put in less withdrawals. So if you put in a hundred thousand, you took out 10,000, your 90,000 is guaranteed. Um, so it'll be the higher of that number or what the cash value is. So if it's gone up, if the investments done really well and it went to 150, you, you may get the 150 out. But I want to caveat that with getting out. So annuities are not liquid products. The, the initial purchase of an annuity always comes with a surrender fee to get out of it. So these surrender schedules, if you will, can last anywhere from five, 10, I've seen 15 years. So you're not putting it in and getting a guarantee for two years and then pulling all the money out it would be a very, very poor decision because there's fees to get out of them in the early years. They are long-term investments without a doubt. 
Also, if you put an income rider on an annuity, which is what we do, we, we pay this extra and we put this income rider to guarantee a stream of income. Um, that's where the other guarantee comes from because the income that you withdraw will, will guarantee and will step up according to how the market performs, de- you know, depending on which type of income rider you buy. Um, if you pass away and you haven't turned on the income rider, you're going to get whatever you put in less any money you had taken out. So you aren't going to go below what you put in. There will be a guarantee. There are annuities without that guarantee. We don't use them. Gotcha. So when you say long-term investment and, you know, a lot of times people, when they hear about annuities, they think, we're, you know, this might be a retirement vehicle for themselves. Are they appropriate for being contained within an IRA account? Yeah. So, you know, originally... Um, I didn't see that many of them in IRAs and, you know, you have to take your RMD and we kind of went back and forth, but we realized that if you have assets to pass to heirs, especially with some of the law, the changes recently, the IRAs don't, as you know, do not get a step up in basis when you pass away. So if you have an IRA and you pass it to your spouse, you know, they have to take their required minimum distributions from it and they have to pay tax on it. So it's not the most efficient asset to pass to an heir. So we like to use the IRAs, some of the IRA dollars, and I'll explain some of the 401k dollars we often use for the annuity, because we know that asset has to be spent down. It has to be, have to take the required minimum distributions from it. There's no step up in basis when it goes to the heir. Use that money and enable the non-qualified assets to still grow because the non-qualified assets pass better or more tax efficiently, I shouldn't say better, to your heirs. Right now, heirs still get a step up in basis. So if you have a non-qualified account, you know, that you paid 100,000 for, now it's worth 300,000 and you die with it, your heirs get that 300,000 with no tax liability associated with it. So it passes more efficiently. So we find by using the annuities for the tax deferred, the IRA dollars, you can take less pressure off the non-qualified assets, let them grow and let them pass really tax efficiently to the next generation while spending down your retirement assets that have to eventually be take money out of them anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I got you. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's talk about uh, a shift a little bit. You know, there's a lot of cool features that you're describing about annuities for sure. But everything does have a price, right? Yeah, so there's absolutely. trade-offs. So, yep. you, you know, there are, as you mentioned, you know, you pay for that or you use the phrase like that. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's talk fees because when somebody's buying an annuity and they're getting some of these nice features like these guarantees that you're talking about and uh, income streams and uh, cash value or cash uh, account, whatever you want to call that, there's got to be some type of cost associated with that. So how do, how, do, how do the fees work with annuities and how are they relative to other investments? You know, as I mentioned, mutual funds, there's ETFs out there. There's mm-hmm. other ways that people can, you know, invest their dollars and get exposure to the market. Now, some of those other ways may have more risks uh, because they don't have some of the guarantees that you've talked about. So the fees for annuities, you know, as I mentioned, there's got to be some trade-offs. What can you talk to us about fees in general? And, you know, uh, just that topic alone is always going to be a subject uh, for anybody who's thinking about investing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's fees. There's more, there's, they call them M&E mortality and expense fees, which are in most, um, on all variable annuities. So that's the component that gives you the guarantee. So that, that, so I said, most of the products that we sell you're guaranteed to get at least what you put in the premium. Well, in order to get that, there's a mortality and expense ratio fee, which is basically the insurance charge. So they can guarantee that amount that you put in. The riders also have fees. 
So you could have death benefit riders and income benefit riders, and they have fees as well. And all these fees range, probably the average is 1% for each one, the mortality expense and the income rider. Um, I actually would say a lot of income riders are probably over there, maybe 1.2, 1.4%, depending on which rider you buy. And there's the ones that give you the guaranteed income stream for life. So I had this conversation with a client literally just yesterday and his, you know, you're paying for a guarantee and, and there's nothing free out there. So in order to get that guarantee that your income is going to last for life, that's the kind of rider that you bought, you're going to pay for it. Now, the thing to point out is that the fees come off the cash value. They don't reduce your income stream. So when you have an annuity, um, there's actually, if you have an income rider, there's actually three columns of value. There's the cash value, what you put in. And that will go up and down according to how the market performs. There's an income value. And that number is what they use to determine what your income will be paid to you each year. That number never goes down. And that income, that, excuse me, that number in the products that we like to use is guaranteed to go up each year, even if the market goes down. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. So that income number keeps going up and then it pays you an income stream for life. That's what that income rider fee that you're paying um, goes to cover the cost of that. But that income rider does not go down by the fee. The cash value goes down by the fee. So if you use the product exactly as, you know, we generally recommend if, if that's what you want to do, use it for income, it's the fees are reducing the cash value. They're not reducing your income rider. So I don't want to say the fee is not important, but it doesn't affect your income. And if you live and you long enough and you use the income, you're going to do what we say, get into the insurance company's pocket. And you're going to get out more than you put in. And gotcha. that's what the fee is for. Um, okay. And that's the last column, I'll just say the third column that they keep track of is the death benefit. And that is another number that calculates it could be equal to the cash value. It could have a rider on it as well. So that has some guarantees in it. And that just depends on the product. Okay. And these fees are fully disclosed, right? By Oh, yeah. They're on the illustrations. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let me ask you this. Are there any risks or downsides with annuities? Because we've talked about some of the positive things mm -hmm. that they can do for our investors. What about yeah. risks or downsides? Well, for one, the surrender schedule, you have to be aware of the surrender schedule. You know, if it's five, seven, 10 years, this is not liquid money. You have to know what you're doing with this money. Um, because of that, we never recommend, you know, an entire person's entire portfolio go into an annuity. Generally, we'll use 20%, I'd say just a rough rule of thumb that we may put into an annuity. And again, we're using them a little bit more because fixed income is paying so poorly these days that we're finding that fixed income sleeve we're using with annuities a little bit more. So, you know, it's just a percentage of your portfolio. It cannot solve all your needs. You still need your investments outside of this. So surrender schedule is one. The other is if you don't use it properly. When I first started looking at annuities, I really thought they were terrible because I nobody was using them. They're paying all this money. And we started reviewing them for clients. And I said, you know, do one of two things, get out of this thing. If you've had it for 10 years, you're not using it, find a better one, or geez, take the income you're paying for. Um, if you wait too long to take the income, you paid it for this fee your whole life and you wait till you're 85, you can't possibly get all the money out fast enough, which, because the income that comes out is limited each year. It's 5%, 6%, four and a half, depending on what rider you buy, you can't get hundred percent out in one year as an income stream. So you have to use it and you have to turn on the income as I call it. So that's the thing that I see the mistakes people make the most is spending this money for his income rider and not using it. If they don't use that money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say they're 85 to use your example. And let's yeah. say they live another five years and then they die. Is it 
where does that money then pass to their heirs as per the death benefit? Or is that, I mean, is that an automatic thing, that death benefit, or do they have to purchase a rider with a death benefit? Or if not, does that money go to the insurance company? What happens no. to that money when the person <laughs> that would be doesn't? Terrible. Yeah, yeah, of course it would be. So no. what happens when that person doesn't use their, their income? So the death benefit, and that's going to be defined by which type of annuity is, is it equal to the cash value? Did, did it have a guarantee in it? Whatever the death benefit is, goes to the designated beneficiary. It's it's just like an insurance or an, or an IRA product where it has a designated beneficiary. It doesn't go through the will or through probate. It will go to the beneficiary, whatever cash is in there. So the only thing the person lost is that if somebody put an income rider on there, that was 1.5% every year. And say they paid for that every year for 15 years, you know, longer than that, say they paid for every year for 20 years and they never turned the income on the cash that the, that the, um, person gets out is still the cash value, but that's been reduced every year by the fee because the fee comes off the cash value every single year. So that's where you wasted your money. You know, it's like buying something you don't use. Um, You don't lose your initial investment, but you paid a fee for something. It's like paying for a service, paying for a gym you never go to. (laughs) Uh, Right, exactly. Okay, so there's a lot of different types of annuities and then there's a lot of different insurance companies that are selling these annuities, right? So Mm -hmm. what does an investor look at in terms of, you know, how do you choose these? Obviously, you go into a financial planner is, you know, certainly the way to go because they're doing a lot of the culling out for you. But right. if somebody's thinking this over and you've got several ones to think about, how, how does somebody, what are the key factors that you as a financial planner are looking at for your clients in terms of choosing the best ones for them? Right. So we really only work with A-rated companies. You know, there's the insurance, the companies that rate the insurance companies, Fitch, and I'm going to forget all the names of them, but we always, we use A companies. There's enough companies out there that are A or triple A or, and that we can use. So we stick with those because they have to have enough assets to support the income that they're promising to the people, right? If you buy a company and they're promising to pay and they don't have the assets for it, um, that's troubling. So we start, we st- we stick with the top, you know, five or 10 companies. Um, we also like to look at the investment options underneath. There's certain companies that have really robust mutual fund choices, you know, books, you know, they have a good number of companies, they're companies you've heard of, you know, you'll see BlackRock and Vanguard and T. Rowe Price and American funds, you know, companies that have been around and do well. I like to see good investment options. Um, there's also something that we look at with annuities is how much of your money they let you choose to fully invest it. Some companies make you hold back 20% in like a fixed account. Um, and you can only invest 80%. So that holds back some of your returns. So that's something we always look at. Um, it, it, there's more minutia. There's some companies that automatically re, rebalance. They call them, vol- I'm not going to say the word right, volatility adjusted portfolios. Um, they automatically readjust when there's big market turns. Um, personally, we don't like those because you end up selling when the market's down and buying when the market's going up. But that's something that you would never know to look at if you weren't, you know, working with an advisor that knew to look at that. Um, we look at the different riders. You know, there's some companies have the bells and whistles that are appropriate for what you need. Um, we've used foundation money once to do an annuity, and the most important thing in that case was they needed five percent because that's what the foundation had to pay out, and they needed a really good death benefit. So we found the annuity that fit those needs. It's a little bit like a puzzle. You got to get the right or a tool to get the right tools to fit, meet the client's needs. Um, the only other annuity I will point out that's a little unique, but it's super popular, is the indexed annuities. I keep referring to variable. Um, variable is what we tend to use more in my practice, which has the underlying mutual funds. An indexed annuity, the underlying investment is linked 
to a market index like the S&P or the Dow Jones. So you're not actually invested in those securities. It's just linked to it. And those are a different type of product because you can never, um, I have to explain this. The returns are capped according to whatever the however the company lays it out. So if the S&P returns 12%, you may only be able to get 5%. So these products, you really have to read underneath and see what they're linking it to and what your caps are and how much the insurance company is taking from the returns. Those products will promise you that you can never go negative because they will always have a floor of 0%. And they still tell you there's no fees. But remember, there's nothing for free. And the way the fees work is instead of telling you there's a one point something percent M&E fee, they just take a piece of the spread. So if the market returns 12% and they cap you at five, well, they made seven. So it's not these types of products have their place, but you have to understand when someone tells you that they're free, they're not. The insurance company is just getting paid a different way. Right. You know, these, and it's great to listen to you because clearly you, you sound like you really know a lot about annuities and they are. Uh, you know, they can be very complex. That's why they come with a prospectus. And that prospectus is quite detailed because, you know, it's, you know, what the, what the large print giveth, the fine print taketh. And that's why you need somebody like yourself to look at that and call out the ones uh, that are not favorable from the ones that are. So uh, our time is actually uh, almost up. So I'm going to have to kind of steer us to just one final question in general, um, because we've been talking about annuities. We're talking about these are long-term investments. What, What is, in your opinion, the most important factor or factors for someone when it comes to long-term financial planning and a successful long-term financial plan? I'd say to not put it in the drawer and put it away. Take it out every year. Um, We always say that our financial plans are living, breathing documents because we can't plan now for the rest of your life. We can make really good decisions with the facts we have today and with the market that we're in today, but things change. So we really like to reassess. We look at our annuities every year. Do we need to change the way they're allocated? Do we need to start taking the income? You know, look at the cash flow. Are you are you saving what you said you were going to save? You know, do you have too much built up in the bank that you can actually save more? E- even insurance illustrations. You have an insurance. You bought a permanent insurance product. We got to look at that illustration and see how it's performed. So, I'd say the most important thing is to reassess it at least every year. Uh, that's great advice. Real good advice. Um, all right, Lisa. So, if somebody listening wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way for somebody to get in contact with you? So the firm that I work for is BPP Wealth Solutions. And my email is my name. It's lcrosta at bppwealth.com. All right, Lisa, listen, I want to thank you very much for your time today. It was really a good topic. You really shed a a lot of light on annuities, even though I know we could probably talk about them for hours uh, because they are so complicated at sometimes behind the scenes and getting into the weeds. But for our purposes today, I think it was a great conversation. And I want to thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Lawrence. 